What's up, guys? This is Miles Markowitz. And this is Brad Thomas. Here to give you the best sports insights to beat your book. You only need to ask one question. What's the spread? All right, here we go. Welcome in. It is a New Year's <laughs> 6 college football playoff edition of What's the Spread? Miles on Sports here. Mr. Brad Thomas, that time has come. Yes, it certainly has. It's exciting to talk about. It's exciting that we are going to watch some meaningful bowl games. If we think about these bowl games, like watching Mississippi State, I'll tell you, I lost so much money on that Mississippi State game where it's just so stupid. 15 minutes before kickoff, they decide to announce 10 players aren't going to start. Now we have meaningful football games and one that I'm very excited for, and that is the Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic. We have number four, Cincinnati, taking on Alabama in Dallas, Texas. Alabama is a 13-and-a-half point favorite. I'm going with the Bearcats here. Um, a little adverse to probably what you might think and what other might think. I think that the Bearcats uh, keep this one close. They haven't really given us any indication that they're a team that's going to go out there and get blown out. They're only allowing 14 points on defense. I know this is the best offense they played all year, best quarterback they played all year. I think that uh, Sauce Gardner, while he's tremendously talented, I don't think he's going to lock down Jamison, but he'll do enough to keep his team close enough. And you know what this game kind of reminds me of? I know we talked about this a little bit before, but it kind of reminds me of Alabama versus Notre Dame. I think Alabama gets to that comfortable lead, and they just kind of take their foot off the pedal, and they just make stops, make stops, where we could probably get a garbage time Cincinnati touchdown. I don't think that Cincinnati has the tools and the weapons to win the game, but I think their defense is good enough, and their their offense is, a, is highly underrated with Jerome Ford and, and Desmond Ritter. So I don't mind getting the 13-and-a-half here. Yeah, Ritter and Ford are uh, really playing well, and they played well in the American Athletic Conference Championship game with that big win over Houston. I am sticking with my original pick here uh, with Alabama minus 13 and a half. The line hasn't moved, and uh, really neither has my opinion uh, on, <laughs> what, on what we're going to see in this game. This is uncharted territory for college football fans. You have to keep in mind, yes, we have seen big underdogs in big matchups in bowl games before, uh, you know, dating back to Boise State, Oklahoma, they started it all. But this is completely different. This yeah. is the first time that we have seen a group of five team make it to the college football playoff where the stage is absolutely at the top. All right. So you are Cincinnati and you're coming in to face Alabama. I'm not saying that, that they're going to be uh, intimidated because yeah. they won't be. But it's different when the ball snaps and, and you get the kickoff and you start feeling the game speed and you start feeling the difference of the five-star athletes in Alabama compared to the three-star athletes that you've been playing against Navy and ECU all year. Don't tell me that Houston can match up to an Alabama. Don't even tell me that Notre Dame can match up to an Alabama. Cincinnati hasn't played anybody like this their entire year or in the past couple of years. This is a completely different challenge. It is a 13.5-point spread. What I'm saying is I think Cincinnati is just going to be completely outmatched. I think they keep it close in the first half, but it's just there's not going to be enough in the second half. But as Jameson Williams is the X factor. Yes. If Sauce Gardner and Kobe Bryant in the secondary can find a way to contain Jameson Williams, which I don't think they will be able to do. But if they will be able to do that, they're going to have to force Bryce Young to find some other options. But we just saw Bryce Young have the greatest performance of the season. It was his Heisman moment, and it was the greatest performance of the college football season. I expect much of the same from uh, Bryce Young in this game. I also wouldn't be surprised to see a really good performance from uh, Jerome Ford uh, or yeah. from Desmond Ritter. But Cincinnati is going to need a defensive or special teams touchdown similar to what they needed in the American Athletic Championship game in order, just in order to get a cover in this game. Um, I don't think Cincinnati has any chance to win this game. 
I well, really I like that. Uh, I'm ready to book my ticket to Indy. So hopefully Bama wins and covers. I don't care about losing this bet. <laughs> All right, moving on to the Capital One Orange Bowl uh, in Miami. We got number three, Georgia, number two, Michigan. This is the nightcap. Uh, Georgia, seven and a half point favorites. The line really hasn't moved all that much. I'm going with Michigan here, plus seven and a half. I liked it a couple weeks ago. I like it even more now. It's surprising to me that Georgia is still such a high favorite because I think it's such a good matchup for Michigan. On the offensive side of the ball for Georgia, I just don't think that they have what it takes to match up against a very good Michigan defense. Where on the other side, I think Michigan has a completely different offensive identity. I think Georgia's offensive identity was, not to say they even had one, to be honest, because they rode the back of their defense all year, right? But then as soon as they get in a a position against Alabama where they need to score points, they had no answer. I mean, Brad, it it was nothing. It was bad. Alabama ran away with the game. Uh, Bennett is not it. Uh, And I, I, I just don't have the belief in that Georgia offense to win a game like this, their defense is going to have to play perfect. Yeah. But here's the thing that people are forgetting. Michigan has a great defense too. They rank in the top five nationally in all kinds of categories. And not to mention that uh, the Michigan offense averaging close to 48 points per game in their last three, they scored 42 or hung 42 on Ohio state 42 on Iowa. Uh, I'm loving the plus seven and a half here for the Wolverines. And I wouldn't be surprised with the Michigan win. Give me seven and a half points with Michigan. They they lead the country in in, in spread coverage uh, percentage, eleven and two against the spread. I questioned initially would the Georgia front be too much for Michigan, but this is like a Michigan attack where it's moving in so many directions while still going forward. They can do so many special things with running the ball where you can't just pin your ears back and go forward. And I think that'll be tricky for Georgia. Also. What's tough for Georgia, you alluded to this earlier, is Michigan is going to keep coming, keep pounding, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Georgia will absolutely take, I mean, Michigan will absolutely take Georgia's offensive rushing game out of the question. And you think that Stetson Bennett's going to stand back there and, and take absorb the pressure from guys like Hutchinson? Not a chance. I'm taking the seven points. And I'm not thinking twice. I, Much like you, I think Michigan has a chance to win this outright. Yeah, and the Georgia minus seven and a half is an insult uh, to you know to Ohio State fans who watched that Michigan front seven completely dismantle uh, and have C.J. Stroud, who was a you know one of the best quarterbacks in the country, on the run the entire game. I mean, they punished us up front on both sides of the ball. Yeah, um, you know, and, and it happened again against Iowa. So it happened in back to back weeks. This Michigan front seven and offensive line are just pushing people around. They're not going to be intimidated by uh, by Georgia. They have just as much talent up front. That's yeah. what's needed to win this game. I like it. All right, let's go ahead and move on over into the Rose Bowl game presented by Capital One, Ventrex. This one's in Pasadena. It's number 11, Utah, the Pac-12 champions against number six, Ohio State. This line has recently moved ever since the opt-outs for Ohio State. But here's the thing, Brad. So uh, it opened at minus nine, went down to seven, six and a half. Now it's all the way down to Ohio State minus four and a half. You know, I'm a little thrown off. I'm all over Ohio State minus four and a half for a couple of reasons. First of all, I fully expected those players to opt out. Uh, I I never expected Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson to play in the game. Uh, We we have these kind of opt-outs in every bowl game, so I don't know why they set the line where they did originally or why it's moving now just because those players said they were out. Um, We have all kinds of players at receiver that are ready to step up. Uh, Names that you're going to hear not just this year, but for years to come. And this is their opportunity. Talking about the Julian Fleming, the Amika Egbuka, the Marvin Harrison, 
Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to be in the game. So this is going to be a chance for CJ Stroud to develop that chemistry with his receivers moving into next year. I've called this a glorified or early spring game for us, but I don't want that to be mistaken for a lack of motivation. I've heard the word lack of motivation tossed around by a lot, even Ohio State fans going into this game. There is no lack of motivation for this team. Just because Ohio State fans are not traveling to Pasadena for the game does not mean that there's not excitement surrounding the game. This is Utah's first Rose Bowl. So, of course, they're going to travel from Utah to Pasadena in droves to go make that a 70-30 split uh, in a sold-out stadium. It, it, it is a bigger moment for them. But when the lights are going on these Ohio State players, especially ones that haven't gotten a chance to step up and make plays, they're going to be able to just handle the expectations that have been put on them since they stepped foot at Ohio State. And just to go with some recent history, in non-playoff games, Ohio State shows up people. 2019, Rose Bowl win over Washington in Urban Meyer's last game, 28-23. 2017, Cotton Bowl Classic win over USC, 24-7. They were the Pac-12 champions. 2016, a Fiesta Bowl win over Notre Dame, 44-28. Non-playoff games, they show up. I'm liking the minus four and a half. Now, real quick, on the opposite side, and this is what I said early, Utah plays a very similar style to Michigan where they're going to try to punish you up front. That does scare me. If they have C.J. Stroud on the run like Michigan had them, then it's going to be a long day. But Ohio State's still coming in with the number one ranked offense in total yards per game and points per game. I think it's going to be too much. Taking the Buckeyes. Listen, Miles, this is so funny. Um, you know, you you started to say it, and I started smiling because I was just like, guys, who are listening to this podcast, do you really think that we are going to outsmart Vegas? Like, listen, from a, from a mass betting standpoint, the line opens up at nine. Do you think Vegas made that line with the expectation that Olave, first-round draft pick. Wilson, first-round draft pick. Uh, Garrett, most likely a first-round draft pick. Yeah. Uh, Petit Freire, first-round draft pick. Do you think they made that line with the expectation that these guys were going to play? Heck no. I'm actually surprised more players didn't opt out. And it's just Same. like these players announced they're opting out, and the betters just went in herds to go hammer Utah. One thing that – okay, I'm on an Ohio State minus four and a half. I'm excited to get four and a half here instead of, I mean, excited to lay four and a half instead of having to lay nine. One thing that you guys have to remember, people are going to say Utah is so amped to play Ohio State. Utah was amped to win the championship. They won. You know, a lot of people forget that when you go out there and you, you win your conference, you have, that is your season. This Rose Bowl victory isn't going to mean as much as it means to an Ohio State who didn't get the opportunity. Didn't get the chance to play for their conference championship. I'm backing Ohio State. Listen, <coughs> excuse me. Ohio State 12, 3, and 1 against the spread in their last, what was that, 16 against Pac-12 schools? So you think they're not covering it in back-to-back -back games versus Pac-12 schools? Come on, get real. Um, that's all I have to say about that game. I'm very happy the line went down. Yeah, same. I'm glad we're on the same spot there. All right, what's next? Next, we have the All-State Sugar, Sugar Bowl in New Orleans, Louisiana, we have number seven, Baylor, taking on number eight, Ole Miss. Ole Miss, a one-and-a-half-point favorite. The line has moved from Ole Miss being a dog to Ole Miss being the favorite. I am going to back um, Ole Miss, Matt Corral. And I think this is one of those situations where books were surprised that Matt Corral was said he's going to play. Yeah. I think people expected him to sit out, which is why Ole Miss was the dog. I don't care that Jeff Levy's not there. We all know who was calling those plays at Ole Miss. Five and two against the spread. 
Baylor's nine and three against Brandon Blake shape and played really well against OK State. But this is just a different environment, a different game. This is Matt. You think Matt Crow's gonna go out there and throw up a, a goose egg? He's gonna go ball out as his legacy. He's gonna leave that stamp with a big New Year's Six win. Like this is for for people who don't know SC football or Ole Miss football. Like this season is one of the best seasons they've ever had. It's like a magical yep. moment to end this on a high note. And I don't mind laying one and a half. It's basically a pick 'em. Yeah, I'll tell you, Baylor better show up to this game and be ready to play because this is a Super Bowl for Ole Miss yes. uh, after having their first 10-win season, in, uh, regular season in school history. I'm also going with Ole Miss here, minus one and a half. I think all that you need to know is the fact that Matt Corral did not opt out for this game. That's all you need to know about uh, his mentality for this game, but also just the program's mentality for this game. The fan base, the alumni, they're all going to travel to this game. Yep. It's going to be a big crowd for Ole Miss. Uh, the fact that he did not opt out just tells you it is their Super Bowl. This is a big deal for Ole Miss. Not taking anything away from Baylor, but they've been here before yeah, uh, and, and recently. And kind of go, alluding to what you said about Utah, Baylor has their Big 12 championship. That was yeah. their big one. But for Ole Miss, they didn't get an opportunity to play for a conference title. This is their Super Bowl. Uh, Ole Miss also just dominating in bowl games. They're 7-1-1 and gets a spread in the yes. last nine bowl games. So give me the reps one last time this season. <laughs> All right, let's go to the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. Uh, number nine, Oklahoma State. Number five, Notre Dame. Notre Dame, two-and-a-half-point favorites here. I actually feel really good about going Oklahoma State. A couple of reasons. First of all, they've been a monster at covering the spread recently. Nine-one-and-one against the spread in their last 11. Now, Notre Dame does have seven straight spreads, but with Kyron Williams opting out, I think that's the biggest opt-out of this game. He has been the motor that has kept Notre Dame running on offense. I think the Oklahoma State defense, even with Jim Knowles, uh, their defensive coordinator leaving for Ohio State, I still think that they're going to end the season with another great defensive performance. They were uh, a, a yard away from beating Baylor, but honestly, if you go back and watch that Big 12 championship game, they they had 11 more first downs. Uh, they got stopped inside the five twice. Um, really should have had that championship and probably a spot in the cultural ball playoff. Now, you can also look on the other side, you know, uh, Notre Dame, their first game without Brian Kelly. How are they going to come out? How are they going to look? Um, but with a two and a half point spread, I'm getting two and a half and I think it's going to be a low scoring defensive battle. So I'll take the Cowboys. I'm taking Notre Dame here. Um, listen, Oklahoma state hangs their hat on the ability to run the ball. Their backup running back is in the transfer portal and their starting running back might not even be able to play because of injury. He hurt himself in that, uh, in that uh, conference championship game. Oklahoma state for me is a great team, but this is one of those situations where Notre Dame can come in here and relax. It's not a college football playoff i think that marcus freeman will have them fired up like that was probably one of the best things they could have done like if they would have said they would have hired like a lincoln riley or even anybody just peg anybody i don't think the players would have been as excited i think we've seen a lot more opt-outs but marcus freeman's a guy that you can get behind i know Kyron williams is not playing i'm not too worried about that i like notre dame here to win by like five points all right what's next up next we have the chick-fil-a peach bowl Number 12, Pittsburgh versus number 10, Michigan State. Michigan State is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I've gone back and forth on this game because not only does Pittsburgh not have Kenny Pickett, they do not have Mark Whipple. But then on the other side of the ball, Michigan State, Michigan State's offense is 100% directed around Kenneth Walker. And now we have Jordan Simmons, a guy who's never scored a touchdown, filling in. I'm going to go ahead and take Pittsburgh. Um, I just think that when you have a big loss at quarterback, it's easier to fundamentally keep things sound than your best player being a running back. Why do I say that? Because I think that 
a lot of the fundamentals that come with being a good quarterback are being instilled. Oh, I forgot to see her max out, which kind of hurts this philosophy that I'm about to say, but a lot of things that are instilled inside your receivers, getting open and stuff like that. You can make the game easier for the backup quarterback and Nick Patty. When you have an explosive running back like Kenneth Walker, who's one dimensional offense, not everyone can just step in and run the ball as effectively or get yards after contact like that. I think that Pittsburgh, I was shocked to see Kenny Pickett wasn't going to play, but I think that Pittsburgh getting points is okay with me. Let this go ahead and be a Michigan State one-point victory. I'm totally fine with it. I wish I had the three, but I just think this game's going to surprise a lot of people. Like, wouldn't you think Kenny Pickett not playing, the line would be like minus six? I think the line's telling you all you need to know. Yeah, um, you know, this game is the prime reason why we need expansion in college football. Uh, yeah. It's it's time. I mean, it, it's it's unreal that we have a New Year's Six Bowl game here that features the ACC champion in Pittsburgh and it, their quarterback ops out of the game. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, this this system is completely broken. Um, it's got to be fixed. And then on the other side of the ball, Michigan State, you know, who didn't get a chance to play for a conference title, uh, Kenneth Walker opts out. Listen, I'm all for the opt-outs. Yeah. And, and, I, and I've said that before. I have no problem with them. Uh, and going back to the Ohio State opt-outs, it, it leaves room for guys who are going to play next year uh, to get experience in a big game. And, and, yeah. and I think in a game that really doesn't matter, um, that's how it should be. Uh, I'm sorry to say. I mean, unfortunately, that's just where we're at right now. Anyway, um, I'm going Michigan State here, minus two and a half. I think they have the, the upper hand at quarterback. But here's the thing. Both secondaries have been awful. Uh, both secondaries right <laughs> yes, near the bottom very. of college football. So with Michigan State retaining their quarterback in Peyton Thorne, who I don't think he's anything to write home about, <laughs> but I still think has proven that he has the ability to throw all over an inexperienced secondary. And I think that that might be the difference uh, in a close game. So regardless of going. who you picked, if you would have said Pittsburgh and I would have been on Michigan State or vice versa, I would have been like, good pick. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Good luck. It's just a shame that nice. a conference champion can play in a game that doesn't matter at the end of the season. Like it's, just cancel you know, that. It's, it's insane. Yeah, I, I mean, it, and it's it's gotten to the point where it's just becoming boring because yes. we expect this now. And it's like, okay, so Pittsburgh possibly just had the greatest season in school history, wins the ACC, and now they're playing a the game that doesn't matter because their quarterback opted out. I mean, it's just it's expand the playoff. Like, yeah. you know, and, and I was not a proponent of expanding the playoff, but the players are forcing our hand because yes. when, when, we, when we're talking about the new year's six bowl games that are supposed to be the cream of the crop and you got players opting out, they're forcing our hand. Don't make just the playoff games matter anymore because that's where we're getting to. And I don't like that. Um, it's and the bowl season has been a mess, right? With COVID and the opt outs and the cancellations, we need a playoff. We need yes. an expanded playoff, but I can't wait for this one. Neither. Uh, Miles, thank you so much for this, man. This was uh, this was fun. Guys, thank you for listening to What's the Spread. If you're watching on YouTube, press the like and subscribe button. If you are on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or however else you get your podcast, be sure to rate, like, and subscribe. Best of luck.